Hi, and welcome to The Big Juggle, the podcast where I talk to fellow mums and experts in their fields about navigating life with a baby or two in tow. Diversity is a big watchword at the moment. It's very zeitgeisty, but it's also very important. And talking about diversity with children is a really big aspect of the conversation that's going on at the moment. Today, I'm talking to a woman who wrote a children's book while she was breastfeeding. And by that, I mean literally while she was breastfeeding her newborn son in the early hours of the morning. If that wasn't enough, it's a book that celebrates diversity and places a little girl at the centre of the action. It tells her and all children that she can be anything she wants to be. The author is Esther Marshall and the book is Sophie Says I Can, I Will. I'll start talking about your book, um, Sophie Says I Can, I Will. Mm-hmm. And it's a story about a little girl who goes to bed imagining all the things she can be. How did you come up with this story? Why did you write the book? Yeah, so I came up with the um, idea of writing a book because 20 months ago now, um, I became a mum for the first time. Um, and I had quite a, a kind of traumatic labour and kind of came home after nearly two weeks of being in hospital and, right. and thought, well, my pregnancy didn't go well and my labour didn't go well. And I put this pressure on myself that I just had to breastfeed because one of those things had to go well, the unnecessary pressure that us mums put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was finding it very difficult and I was up in the night and so so was my son and um, while I was up in the night I was kind of trying to keep myself awake and the way I was doing that at first was looking at social media and, and that just wasn't helping me looking at all these kind of perfect quote-unquote uh, lives whilst I was sat there exhausted and really not feeling great um, and then kind of in the daytime, I would read him stories and I'd realized that all these stories were based on a, a white male character. All the animals were male. There was no, no real message of empowerment or inspiration or anything. Um, it was very much, uh, you know, this dog's going to the park or can we capture a dinosaur? You know, nothing that was really mm. going to set them up for life. Um, and so I used the time in the night to then do a bit more reading. I kind of came off social media and I read a lot about behavioral science. Um, and the more I read, the more I realized that the majority of children, uh, by the time they're three, understand where they kind of fit in society. And that really got me thinking of like, well, all the books that I'm reading my son and all the books that I can find that are for this kind of age aren't really giving him the tools that he needs. But how old is he at this point? Um, when I was reading him back then, he, he was only 10, 11 months, but I was thinking, what could I be reading to him? Yeah. You know, because they take stuff in from when they're one, etc. And, and so I basically was, I started looking for this book that I wanted to read for him and, and I couldn't find anything. There were a few here and there with, with some nuances, but nothing specific. So I thought, well, I can't find the book that I want to read him. So I'm going to use this time that I have in the night while I'm while I'm feeding him and trying to keep awake to write the book. Um, and that's where the idea, Sophie says I can, I will, came from, really. Well, I mean, I have to say, I breastfed both of my children. And yes, I started off on social media because you kind of don't have the brain power <laughs> to absorb anything in those early weeks when you're up multiple times in the night. You just kind of mindlessly scroll. Yeah. Um, and then I, I hit the point where I was like, I don't want to do social media anymore. And I started reading novels, which, first of all, was amazing, because when else do you have a chance yeah. to read when you're yeah. um, a mother? Um, but, I mean, you took it to, like, the next level, writing a book. Um, <laughs> do you have any background in creative writing? No. no. 
Okay. I, I, I used to love, like, I remember um, thinking when I was young, I wanted to be a songwriter and I have like books of um, poems that I used to write. But I think that was like when I was like 14, 15 and I never picked it up again and I haven't done any form of writing since. But um, I think it's like what a lot of people say, kind of when you find a passion, that kind of stuff just comes. Mm. I, I knew what I wanted to say to him. So I just had to try and find a kind of rhyming way of doing it um and and that's how it came about but yeah no no background in any of this and was it an easy thing to write was it kind of like you had it in your head it was a first draft and you were more or less done or did you have to keep on refining it and working out what actually you wanted to say yeah so um this book went through about 10 different iterations um for sure kind of all along the same line but it was which bit I put first, how I how it went, how it flowed, etc. So there was a lot of kind of moving it around. The other thing was that I would then check in the morning and I think, oh, my God, what have I written? Because, you know, in the middle of the night <laughs> in your sleep deprived state. So there yeah. was definitely a lot of edits and changes made. It was it was um, it, the whole thing from starting to write it to actually getting it out there was 13 months. So it t- it took a while. And was this all while you were on maternity leave or had you returned to work at this point by the time you got it published? Um, by the time we got it published, I was back at work. I went back to work at nine and a bit months. <laughs> it was it was very, very busy. Um, and I think actually what I found was having so much to do because I was back at work full time. Um, and I work at Unilever um, where, you know, full time is really full time and the rest. Um and then having the mum guilt of rushing back to get to nursery at a decent time so I could still spend some time with him knowing that I'd have to work later. I found I became so efficient and time that I would have never thought I had before suddenly became crucial. So even just like waiting for the tube each morning, I would have already sent off like so many of the emails that I needed or at least drafted some. Um, then the tube journey, I would do the same um either editing or writing or or replying to emails and just like every single kind of moment of the day um became a time where you could be doing something um I did try and factor in the day kind of 10-15 minutes where I just kind of step back and just take some time for myself as well um, <laughs> listen to some podcasts kind of on, on the walk on the way home from work uh, to the nursery um but I really think that has has actually helped me twofold since since becoming a mum and in those skills um just being so much more efficient than I ever ever was before yeah I do think we we learn that quite quickly don't yeah. we you just got like triple the amount to fit into the day and and, and you yeah. never realized that before it happened um this isn't the first business that you've launched though is it um you're also the founder of a domestic abuse charity yeah so I, I launched a charity uh seven seven years ago now um right. yeah uh which was to help um anyone who's been through any form of uh, abuse or bullying kind of get back up on their feet um that was because i had been through um quite an abusive relationship when uh i was about 18 years old um i never really spoke about it um i felt quite ashamed and weak and i didn't really know what was happening until a lot older um, and then I got a place at Unilever on their graduate program and they sent me to this leadership training course called um, One Young World for young leaders from all over the world coming together um, 
and there were just such strong messages of everyone had been through something and they were changing it into a positive in their life and helping others and it, it really sat heavy with me of well I, I haven't really told many people about this and do I really want to tell lots of people about this um, but who am I not to because this has kind of made me into the person that I am and why should I hold back from helping others get through that in the way that I have um, and so we launched a charity which was basically everything that um, I thought I needed and many other people that we'd interviewed as well needed when they were going through it which is somewhere that's safe and anonymous um, to try and find the help that you need and to try and understand what you're going through as opposed to going into somewhere and saying look I'm, I'm going through this which is very difficult to say kind of face to face or calling up someone or charity um, so yeah we've created the, the biggest platform um, in the UK at the moment whereby we've got over 200 charity partners and, and you can go in and you can um, search via your postcode um, and it brings up every every charity and organization that can help you and we've summarized everything from all of their websites so it can be done quickly and safely and anonymously so um, yeah that's that's the the second thing that I've uh, I've created I guess and you're you're still working with that are you so it's like kind yes. of your third job <laughs> yes that's, that's my third job so I'm still the founder of Stand Tool, so I still manage um, all of that yeah Wow. So it's interesting because Stantall is about helping women to overcome adversity and giving them a voice. And Sophie says is in a similar way about modeling equality, giving girls a voice as the protagonist of the story. Um, so these are obviously themes and ideas that are very close to your heart. So how yeah. does that come into play when you're raising your son? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's constant. I mean, when we, I, my husband teases me because it literally comes into everything. Even when my husband says something's a he or a she or whatever, even a, a fireman, I'm like, it's not a fireman. You know, I, I work at Unilever in our diversity and inclusion team. So all day um, I, I lead everything that we do on gender for, for global Unilever. So um, anything that comes under that, so it's our senior women leadership programs, it's anything on domestic violence, anything on parents, parental leave, etc. There's all about equality, all about inclusion. So it, in every single aspect of my life that comes into play um and and so that that also comes into play with with my son asher as well uh anytime he picks up an animal i say you know hello giraffe say hello to her hello bear say hello to him you know we make sure that there's an equal amount of of different kind of sexes so they don't automatically think because there's so much in behavioral science about this um we do the same when we're out and about talking to different people so that he can meet as many different people as possible um and so that he's not kind of like oh well this person might look a bit different to me but that's absolutely fine so that he just totally understands that that's normal life and society and 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 that is what's going to make him into a, a great person to be at work with, a great per a friend, et cetera, just to kind of accept people for who they are uh, and see their like inner self as opposed to what they may look like or what they, they may think. Um, so that's, that is really um, kind of the biggest thing that I, I put kind of pressure on myself to bring to him because it's everything that I believe in. that I, I really want him to believe in that too. Do you find that difficult? Do you find that it's an uphill battle and you've got to kind of work against the images that are put out in the media, um, you know, the TV shows that he watches or the stories he's told at nursery? Or do you think increasingly 
this is a message that is being spread beyond you? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So I, on purpose, won't let him watch some of the TV programmes that some of the other kids do watch um, because I think they are harmful stereotypes that I don't particularly want him to get used to. Um, Can I what an example would be? Yeah, so, so he will never, I won't let him watch Peppa Pig. The only reason why I do let him watch Paw Patrol is because we talk about it afterwards about how they are a team and how they're sharing. Right. We, we, you know, even that Sky is the only girl, well, at the moment, I know there's another girl that comes in, and Sky is pink, and Everest is then purple, you know, and, you know, let's take to the sky, and she's all a bit ditzy, and, and the mayor is also a bit ditzy. We, we kind of talk about that. We say, what does Paul Pujol do? They share. They're a team, and we try and take out those kind of messages because I really don't feel that there, there is this out there, which is kind of where I want Sophie says to, to play in that market. Mm. Of, of somewhere where parents won't mind if that's on because they know that that's a good thing for their children to be reading or watching or seeing because it represents society. So, someone said to me, actually, Sophie says it's just, you know, what you see on the bus in the morning. And, and it's so true that that is society. So why are we so behind in, in children's publishing and children's TV in that space? Mm. It's interesting, actually, when my daughter, when she first started watching TV, um properly I really only let her watch Sesame Street um and Sesame Street is very diverse mm-hmm. um and it's kind of predominantly educational so that was the reason I made that decision obviously as she's got older uh you do watch less educational less diverse <laughs> um you have less control over what they want to watch yeah. um but is it, it is interesting because I think as parents we on the whole, we do, we want to point our kids in the right direction and we want to show them a range of people and a range of opportunities. Um, and it's interesting, actually, that the way you see it, um, culture kind of gets in the way of that mm. to a certain extent. And talking of diversity, um, you mentioned that Sophie, you wanted her to be a diverse character. Mm-hmm. Generally, you hear people who write their own stories because they can't find those stories elsewhere it's because they want to represent themselves they haven't been able to see themselves in mainstream media Um, but it it sounds very much like from you know the story that you're telling Sophie doesn't necessarily reflect you you wanted Sophie to be different to your son um a different illustrated representation of something else so how did you decide what she was going to look like yeah so so it's interesting so she's not like me but I think she's who I wanted myself to be so um my mum is Moroccan and so whenever we'd go away and we'd go on holiday and we'd come back and you know basically I was made to live in a hot country and and not be kind of pasty from the British weather um we would always get asked like different questions in the airport with, in all different kinds of languages Spanish Portuguese um and a lot of people always thought I was Brazilian and I would always get asked in like coffee shops or anything like there's no way you're from the UK you you must be from there and you know they try the coffee uh, uh people were saying like oh this is where you're from this is where I'm from and I'm like no no I'm not like my mum is Moroccan and so I always found that as part of my life like wherever we went I was always told that I was something else um and so that's kind of why I wanted Sophie to play of like 
well, maybe this was my kind of alter ego of who I could have been, you know, my, my Beyonce to my Sasha Fierce, if you will, you know, <laughs> this, this, this is, this is who I, you know, I was a cute little kid that, that was from Brazil and wanted to take over the world and aspire to have dreams of this and that. And I think, I wish I could have been that child that had that and didn't have all of these other pressures that kind of got in the way of me looking at the world like that. So actually, in a weird way, Sophie is who I wanted her to be. Um, and then Bunny is based on um, my teddy that I still have that all my friends still know of because she's still with me all the time and still goes to bed with me. Um, and that's my teddy Tamara. So you know, any time ever in my life where I was like, oh, I need I need someone here, I'd always like hug onto her. And that message of friendship through Sophie and Bunny was really kind of put into the book as well. So there are lots of threads that even though people might see me and not know, underlying, there are actually quite a lot that are um, true to me growing up and, and, and myself. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, does your Does your son have a kind of comfort blanket toy that he has as well does he recognize bunny at all um yeah although it was funny because I got so obsessed with my teddy that I was so worried that he would do that and then if he lost it one day it would be a nightmare because he wouldn't be able to find another one so we started giving him just like normal white muslins and he's become obsessed with white muslin which is fantastic because if he loses it (laughs) we've got another one Um, but he yeah. does go to sleep with with different um, teddies each night, which is actually quite nice. Of like, oh, this is your friend, or this is your friend. Um, so he's learning that. But at the moment, it's it's just a white a white muslin at the moment that has that has captured his heart. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we're living through quite interesting times at the moment mm-hmm. in terms of gender equality, women's rights. We've just come out of Me Too, um, and then coming out of coronavirus, there's a lot of speculation about how now we've all been working from home. Is this a brave new world for women mm-hmm. um, in terms of flexible working can't be rejected? Yeah. Um, will working mothers have a greater stake professionally and so on? Um, we're obviously a long way away from true equality. Mm-hmm. I think as women and as mothers, we can feel that. Um, but when you look at the world that you're raising your son in and you think about the world that you grew up in and how things have changed, how do you feel about the future? I think it depends on the day, but the majority of time I am feeling really positive about it. I really genuinely am. We've had lots of calls recently about how the world's going to change. And like you're saying, the flexible working requests, um, you know, won't be able to to be um, rejected. I, I would like to spin it in that it's not that they won't be able to reject it. It's more now that businesses understand that this can work rather than them rejecting it. But I also think there's a big shift happening in in the male population as well, where there's this huge realization of, oh, this is what it's like to look after a child. And, oh, this is what it's like to also have that bond with my child. Like I, I can see that kind of with my husband. I mean, it was different. My husband took four months off at the beginning. We did share parental leave together. So um, he has a very close relationship. But I can see from a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues, especially in different countries, because I work in a global team, that you're seeing male leaders come on calls with their kids and just showing a whole different authenticity side to them, different kindness, that I think actually moves towards equality a little bit that you know it shouldn't be that only female leaders have kindness and only male leaders are are, are strict you know that actually you, you can have both and that kind of both male and female will, will come out of this 
in a whole different light whereby I, I genuinely believe that as, as horrible as everything we're going through now, there will be some positives in this space coming through. I, I genuinely do. And you kind of touched on it when you mentioned your husband, but how in terms of obviously you work full time, you do the nursery pickup because you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the equality that you're looking to model in your book and for your son, is is that the practicality, the reality of your home life? Do you split things 50-50 with your husband? Uh, pretty much. It's probably about, yeah, it, it probably is 50-50, maybe sometimes during the week 60-40 because mm-hmm. he's a lawyer and works long hours. But that means yeah. he, will, he can start a bit later. So I would go into work super, super early and he would be with my son and he would do the nursery drop off and I do the pickups because I could leave a bit earlier. And then yeah. because my job's a bit more flexible, I could then work from home. Um, when we're planning meals as well, I'll cook one meal and he can cook another meal. Um, same with the laundry. He's actually way better at ironing than I am. I hate it. He loves <laughs> it. Um, yeah. And my friends always used to tease me like Esther would be like the best auntie to all our children. She's never going to get married because, you know, such a like, um, you know, equal rights kind of person that no one's ever going to be able to be able to do all of that with her. <laughs> Live and, your expectations. And I found that in my husband is someone that can do that, that also has a career, but also does cooking and cooks very, very well. Slightly OCD, so absolutely loves cleaning. So is more than happy to, to do some of the housework. Um, same with ironing. And, and I genuinely don't think I would have got married if I didn't find someone like him, because that was the, we had that conversation before when we were dating, like, I'm not going through with having a family unless I find somebody that I want to do that with and it's half-half because I'm not doing it myself. Uh, yeah. That was kind of, that was already there. That had been with me since, I don't know, since before I got to university and, and, and realised kind of what I wanted out of life. Um, so for me, that was kind of a deal breaker um, for anybody. Um, but I, I know that's very different than a lot of other people. I, I know that there are a lot of women that basically do it all and then, then the man goes to work. So that is that is interesting and and i i do hope that changes if that's what people want in their life for sure um and what sort of feedback have you got on the book uh so it's actually been amazing um i've we've had parents messages being like i've actually started crying because i've never read something like this and i've wanted to read something like this to to my child that that brings the positivity that i want her or him to have in his life um so many uh, parents are saying that they they absolutely love Sophie and they love Bunny. Bunny's become this thing that I didn't realise Bunny would become. Um, so we're a new line of merchandise, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I didn't really think about it, but you know, Bunny has become this thing. Um, the most lovely thing, especially now um, during lockdown, is the messages we've had from parents who are now using the book to homeschool their child and starting to bring up bigger conversations in life. So we, we've had messages from people talking about. This is a sp- making people think that they then want to write their own book or that a dad messaged me to say, I've never, ever had a conversation with my child like I did yesterday because of your book that we started talking about gender, gender equality with a nine year old girl. I mean, it just is amazing. He's like, and not only have I never spoken to her about that, but I've never had like a 45 minute conversation with my daughter. And this is what happened. Um, and, and we've had we've been inundated with messages like that we've had pictures of of kids kind of um writing like what they can I will like what their aspirations are what their dreams are um so it's just sometimes I sit here and I just cry when I get these messages because it's like no way this is this is like the dream of what I dreamed of when I was sat in a 
pitch black mm. room writing on my phone in the middle of the night, really not feeling my best. Like maybe one day this could, you know, bring some real positivity and some inspiration to a child somewhere. And and now it's doing that on multiple fronts. Um, and and that is like the most heartwarming thing ever. What a legacy for your son as well to say, look, I wrote this for you. And now look. Yeah, I actually... Um, because I've got so many of the books here um, because we're using our flat as like the place where they go out from at the moment. Um, so we don't have to pay extra for procurement. Um, he always takes like different books out of the boxes. And I was like, do you know what? I want you to have your own copy. And I wrote uh, in the, in, in the front page to him, like, thank you for allowing me to find myself because that is basically what he did. He's, he's helped me found my passion and my purpose in doing this and hopefully inspiring him and many other children in the process so it it is it's like I always said to my husband like I just want my son to be proud of me like I want him to know that mummy's done something in life and like it's really starting to feel like that might happen and 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 that's a a really kind of proud proud feeling and so what does the future hold is there a follow-up to Sophie there is there is the next book has been written and the next one is Sophie says it's okay not to be okay um talking all about different feelings that children may feel and that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay not to feel okay and that as long as you kind of keep the right network around you and the right friends and the right you know supportive team then then um you'll you'll be able to be okay um and I think that will really help a lot of children especially once they start going back to school because um of all the anxiety that they'll be feeling going back to school as well so I really hope it's a useful tool um, not just for parents and for kids who love it, but also maybe for teachers who, who can use that as a, as a way to kind of help people readjust to whatever life is, is going to be. Um, and, and then, yeah, it's just going to be a series of all the lessons I wish I would have known when I was younger. So I've got a few others in the pipeline. So it's super exciting. And it's, um, yeah, like I said before, like I just kind of feel like I've finally found myself. And I think motherhood does that to people in different ways some people it's I've just I didn't realize I wanted to be a mother and now all I want to do is a mother which is unbelievable I found this that because of the becoming a mother I want to do this and and show my son what we can do in life together and um yeah it's it's very exciting and do you have a publisher or are you self-publishing this self-publishing um yeah I I just thought it was better I really we spoke to a few publishers and I, the, the messages I was getting and the feelings I was feeling were if somebody, if a big publisher takes this, they're going to change it and it's going to be very different. I'm going to have a lot less control of what I want it to be. And that true diverse um, representation um, and messaging coming through was something that was so close to my heart that I didn't want to let go of that mm-hmm. actually all the wonderful things that come with a big publisher I was I was willing to kind of give those up to keep true to the messaging of the book and do you think you'll stick with that going forward or I mean if there are multiple uh sequels or do you just not know just cross bridges as you get to yeah, them yeah I'd, I'd like to try I'd like to you know why not shake up the the, the publishing world and say hey there's there's a different way yeah. to do it um through a different business model etc um which I'm hoping my kind of business hat will, will help me with um, and we'll plan it that way. But but who knows what the future holds? Who knows? Um, and where can we buy the book? I mean, you said that you're kind of, you're the HQ <laughs> yeah. and the 
you're drawing them all up you're the bookshop um can you buy them in mainstream bookshops so at the moment we're just online so we're on amazon and we're on shopify so if you type in sophie says i can i will the amazon link and the shopify link come up um straight away so you can you can buy them there um and they should be delivered with to you within two days um depending on the post at the moment sometimes it's a bit longer but usually it is um, two days and um, we do ship internationally as well um and then actually at the moment what we're we're doing as well is we've launched a COVID-19 fundraising um initiative whereby people can donate the cost of a book or more if they so wish um and we then donate that book to um a vulnerable child at the moment or a child of a key worker um to kind of shine a little okay. bit of of light in their life at the moment um and then that money um goes to stand towards or goes to charity um to help in all the work that we're doing there especially at the moment with um everything that's happening um with the increase in in abuse and domestic violence because of lockdown um so that's going really well we've raised um 9300 in a few weeks um so we should be able to donate nearly 2000 books out um yeah and and how are you identifying who those books will go yeah, to? So we've partnered with lots of different organisations. So um, people like the London Children Book Project that throughout the year um, donate books specifically to vulnerable children that have been identified um, through different schools that they work with. So that's free school meal children, um, children with disabilities, etc. Um, and so we've we've worked with them to get those out to multiple different schools. Um, we are working uh, also with um, Corona Care Challenge. So they're specifically for the NHS. So to get um, books to specific families when they do their donations um, who have children who they can then take the book home to and read to at night if they haven't spent um, that much time with their children because obviously they're on shifts and doing everything they can to keep everyone else safe. Um, and then we put out on social media for schools as well. And we've been absolutely inundated on schools. So I've been kind of dropping off books to schools all over um at the moment london but we'd love to expand it if we can get um, more funding in um all over so they identify who their specific children are that that will need it and it's going in their kind of free school meals packages that are being sent back to the house as well so we've been really kind of picky that we know that it's going to the right houses to the right place mm-hmm. um uh, and i've been really lucky that i've got to go and help with some of that volunteering um all through, uh, of course, um, social distancing uh, measures. Um, but that's been really absolutely inspiring to see and then see what the, the children think of the book. And they've been sending messages of, of um, what they've then written after reading the book and everything. And, and that's been wonderful. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's the ethos of what Sophie says wants to be and the ethos of what I, I, I want for it, of always giving back to the community and society. Um, yeah. What an amazing journey, really, from, you know, sitting in your feeding chair to this. Um, So I'm asking everyone that I'm speaking to um, two questions. So the first one is, um, what, what, (laughs) no, don't worry, they're not too hard. Um, What product wasn't around when you had your children, but you wish had been? um can i say the lv breast pump um that yes was, you can. that came in like three or four months in and i'd already rented out the medella hospital grade one uh, so i was right. like well, i'm not going to go and spend that money because i'm already spending it on this but if i knew that was out before i yeah from from what people have told me and what it looks like i just felt so rubbish sat in another room 
my in-laws would come in and see and you know I didn't particularly want to like pump in front of my father-in-law or whoever it was that was coming in so obviously they don't want to see you anymore they want to see the child so I go in another room and I sit there and I'm like this is this is so boring I just want to be able to kind of get on and you know so that would definitely have been something that I, I, I wish I would have had. And then what's the best piece of advice in parenting or business that you've ever been given? Go with your instinct um you you know your child better than any anyone else um you can look up online you can go to all these different people but I really genuinely believe that that you know your child the best um and therefore you know stick with that if in doubt because there will be those days where you don't think that but always 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 go back to that um great thank you so much that was really interesting um and good luck to well you and to Sophie Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Remember to check back here for the next instalment of The Big Juggle or hit subscribe so it downloads automatically.